Hey, this is Sharan Srivatsa. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I take you behind the scenes uh, into my personal journal and share with you nine ultra profitable insights. The way I do this is every time I get an idea or an insight or a feeling or an epiphany, I write it down in what I call my black book. My black book is my private set of journals, my private notes on the things that have helped me create tremendous shifts and transformations in my life. And I picked nine of these from the last five to 10 weeks to share with you. I break down each of these insights and how they can be beneficial to you. I give you the idea and the tactics on what to do. And it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. How many times have you had one idea, one single shift, one way that someone said something to you, someone shared something with you, or a thought that you had that completely changed the trajectory of your life? Maybe a person that you met, maybe an idea that you had, maybe a picture that you saw. We all are just waiting for that one inspirational shift, that one insight, that one idea, that one tactic that can completely change our lives forever. Today, I'm going to share with you nine ultra profitable insights. Whenever I think of an idea or whenever I come across uh, an insight that instantly makes me go, wow, I immediately write it down. And I have a running list of these ideas in what I call my black book. It says little app, uh, little notes in my notes app that I take all my notes in. And every time I get a idea that shifts me, it may seem basic to others, but it shifted me. I get a chance to write it down so that I know that shift is the beginning of a whole new level of joy, of transformation, of insight, of delight, of profitability. And today I'm going to share with you nine of these shifts that I wrote over the last five weeks. I've been on the road for the last five weeks. And when I'm traveling, I'm in a new environment. I'm talking to new people. I'm sharing new ideas. I'm in a new mastermind group. I'm speaking on new stages. And then I hear one thing. I'm shifted with another idea. And I write all these down so that I can capture all of these for myself and also share them with you. So this is my gift to you. And I call this nine ultra profitable insights. And I'm going to go through them really fast. I hope one of these allows you to have a super cool shift that it made for me as well. So let's jump right in. The first one is what is the difference between amateurs and professionals? Training. When I heard this by my friend Aaron Stokes, he said, what is the difference between amateurs and professionals? And that is training. And that changed the way... I instantly thought about so many things in my life. If I were to grade myself in various areas of my life where I was an amateur, now I know that the only thing I need between that part and becoming a pro is training. The training is the gap. The training is the chasm. The training is the solution. So if you are thinking about getting better at something, if you want to grow your business, if you want to build your brand, if you want to generate leads, if you want to make more money, if you want to have a better relationship, all we need is training. Because somebody knows a different way to do it. Somebody has already done it before. And if they can give you the keys to the kingdom, there is no harm. There is no foul. There is no shame. There is no embarrassment in getting someone else's help 
So we can work that skill, we can work on that project, we can work on that thing so that we can completely transform our lives. So insight number one, what's the difference between amateurs and professionals? The answer is training. Number two, a business. A business is an organization that creates profit without you. I'll say it again. A business is an organization that creates profit without you. In a lot of ways, we are our business. If the music stopped and you couldn't work anymore, does the business stop? Does the cash flow stop? Does the expenses stop? Does the machine stop? If that is the case, then think about this quote. A business is an organization that creates profit without you. How can we be involved in something? How can we put an infrastructure in place in some way? How can we foresee something so powerful where the organization builds, grows, and serves without us? We have been taught this thing where we have to do everything. And we realize that that's fully under, under our control. I'm not saying we need to hire more people. I'm not saying we need to invest in more technology. I'm just saying this one thing. How do we have this perspective of creating a business that creates profit, but without us? The reason why we generate income the way we generate income with us being involved is because that is the definition we've given ourselves. That is a definition we've given our business. But if you change the definition for your business and you said, a business is an organization that creates a profit without you. Then you change the way you define your business. You change the way you look at your business. You change the way you approach your business. You start approaching it from a filter of saying, why am I doing this? And how can this create profit without me? So number two, a business is an organization that creates profit without you. Number three, the fastest way to complete a project is to drop it like a hot potato. There's a lot of times where I've see, I see my friends saying, my friends will tell me, hey, Sharon, I started this book. I'm like, how is it? It's not really good. And I go, stop reading it. Hey, you, why would you go down the path of continuing to read something that you don't enjoy? Why would you go down the path of being in a partnership with somebody that you don't appreciate? Why would you be in a job or in a role that you don't love? The fastest way to complete a project is to drop it. And I think you and I are will be well served to drop a lot of things because you and I don't realize the sunk cost fallacy. We're there. We made a decision. We embarked on this journey. Nobody cares. In fact, it will dramatically upgrade the happiness and the joy in your life and in everyone else's. The fastest way to complete a project is to drop it. Number four, accountability is what causes teams to outperform. Say again, accountability is what causes teams to outperform. In a lot of ways, the reason why you have a team is because each person is good at doing their thing. But not all of their values, not all of their creativity, not all of their drive is all aligned. If all humans are different, if all of diverse background, of various you know predispositions, various skills, and various personalities, you get the power of diversity. But the only way we get them to outperform what they're all capable of is accountability. Because they know that they have to strive to a higher standard than they're used to. They know that they have to be better than what they are. They know that if the team's uh, benchmark is higher than their individual benchmark, they will have to do better. They would have to step up. So if you are running a team and your team is not performing or outperforming, then ask yourself, is there a layer or a structure of accountability that you can bring to the process that shows them what it is to perform at a really high level. Profitable insight number four, accountability is what causes a team to outperform. Number five, this again came from my friend Aaron Stokes and he is a master at this. And he talked about designing an org structure. And he says, hey, I don't want a lot of people reporting to me, but I want to be talking and influencing a lot of people. So he said, I get information from X 
but X reports to not me. They don't have to be the same. We think that if you talk to Jimmy often, if you are working with Jimmy often, that Jimmy needs to report to you. No, just because you get information from somebody, just because you collaborate with somebody, just because you hold somebody accountable, just because you mentor somebody, just because you push somebody in an organization, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as in a business owner, that person does not have to report to you. Vacation requests don't have to come to you. Their expense reports don't have to come to you. Their weekly one-on-ones don't have to be with you. Their daily accountability does not need to be with you. Their to-do list does not need to be managed by you. Just because you're getting information from somebody doesn't mean that person needs to report to you. And I think this is really, really powerful because my friend Aaron has created this environment where he only has a couple of people reporting to him and his entire you know, multi-million dollar org is, are reporting to different people. And he says, I get information from people that doesn't mean that they have to report to me. Information from, but reports to. They don't have to be the same. That's insight number five. Insight number six, borrow confidence at 0% interest. Why do we watch great YouTube videos? Why do we listen to podcasts? Why do we read a book? A lot of it is when you see and hear the experiences of others, when they tell you who they are, what they've done, how they've done it, our job is to borrow confidence at 0% interest. I say this very, very specifically. You got to borrow confidence at 0% interest because you don't have it. You can't manufacture it yourself because once you do have it and it's and you have it in abundance, you have to pay that back. You have to give it back and you'd only do that by paying it forward. The greatest leaders allow you to borrow confidence at 0% interest. When you are watching a video by David Goggins and he says that he ran a race when his toes, when his toes were broken, what is he telling you? That the human body can do way more. You get to borrow confidence from him at 0% interest, but the karmic balance is not solved unless you pay it back. In many of the organizations where we have people that we work with, our job is to instill and install confidence in them. Our job is to generate momentum for them. Our job is to show them that they can do so much more than they're capable of. I tell a lot of the influencers that I advise that I have enough faith for the both of us. These are influencers who are the biggest household names that you know, that I'm super excited to be an advisor to. But what do I do? I'm just their support system. And I tell them, hey, I have enough faith for the both of us. They get to borrow confidence from me at 0% interest so that they can go turn around and give it back to everyone else because only then is the world in karmic balance. Profitable insight number six is borrow confidence at 0% interest. Find places where you can borrow confidence at 0% interest and find places where you can deliver confidence back at 0% interest. The karmic balance has to be in place. You cannot be the world gives to the givers and takes from the takers, right? You got to be able to find a way to borrow confidence at 0% interest. That's when powerful things happen. And that is insight number seven. Number six, when I was actually doodling the other day and I wrote this down because I was starting to see myself procrastinate. And I thought about this idea. I was like, hmm, why if I took the idea of procrastination outside of me and I made it that of the world, how would I rewrite my feeling on procrastination. And here's how I wrote profitable insight number seven. Procrastination may just be the arrogant assumption that the world owes you another opportunity to do what you already had time to do. I'll read it again. Procrastination may just be the arrogant assumption that the world owes you another opportunity to do what you already had time to do. In essence, what we're doing is we're just saying, I'm not going to do it right now. The world will give me another shot. Like, think about how crazy that is, right? That's like saying, hey, I'm about to finish a race. I'll just run it later because the world will give me another shot. 
hey, there's that, you know, I see an attractive person there. I should probably go ask him or her out on a date. I'll just do it later. I expect the world to give me another shot. Procrastination may just be the arrogant assumption that the world owes you another opportunity to do what you already had time to do. That's profitable insight number seven. Here's profitable insight number eight. I've been thinking a lot about this and I wrote this down and this is coming from me and several of my friends that have all kinds of learning disabilities, ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, you know, uh, and all of that. And focus is super important. And I was always thinking about, well, why does my friend who has a hyper case of ADD, ADHD, how can he work in short bursts of intensity and create so much value? And I wrote this down and I said, focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. And that is profitable insight number eight. If there's something that you're working on right now and you feel distracted, what can you say no to, to say yes to something else? The more we say yes to things, the more we have to say no to things. Even if you told yourself that you had to come up with some random ratio for every one thing you said yes to, you had to say no to five other things. How would you do it? It's just like walking to a restaurant and saying, hmm, I'm going to eat a salad because I want to get dessert. You say no to a lot of things so that you can focus on the one thing you want to do. Uh, you should just get some protein instead. But my point is focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. If you have a goal and you just say, hey, no, nothing else is important. I just want to get here. The singularity of focus and that your ability to say, I'm going to focus on this one thing. Can you say no to everything else? Because focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. The greatest of greats that you know may be in sports like a Tiger Woods or a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan or you take the greatest and greats in investing like a Warren Buffett or Ray Dalio, or you take the greatest and greats in music like a Yo-Yo Ma or, you know, or a Taylor Swift. Do you know how much time goes in to their practice? Is there, yeah, you may, what else are these people doing? Elon Musk, whether you like him or not, he slept in the floor of this Tesla factory. Why? Because he's focusing. Focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. When you spend so much time doing that thing that you're focused on, you get better, you get master, you get your 10,000 hours. And we believe a lot of times that we have to dilute our focus because we normally do it out of fear and for cash flow reasons. Most people work on multiple things out of fear that they're going to lose one of those things and for cash flow reasons. But the world is telling you that if you spent more time focused on that one thing, you will get better, you will get irreplaceable, you would get remarkable. And it shows and it builds you this mastery of intelligence. If there's multiple things that you're doing, if, this, if you have five side hustles, you can do all of that. But focus is the, one of the highest forms of intelligence. My partner, Joey Murray, and I recently you know, bought a company for our children, and I'll do a podcast on that. But we realized that we couldn't run this e-commerce business. So we actually recruited a full-time operator, gave this person you know, a chunky portion of equity to come run this business because we knew that we would not be able to focus on it because focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. That is insight number eight. All right, I'm gonna give you three really important things on insight number nine, and I'm gonna define three things for you. I'm gonna define because if you cannot define something, you cannot actually achieve something. Like, you know, we talked about insight number two was a business is an organization that creates profits without you. If that was a definition that we have been taught from the beginning, we, you and I, would run several of our initiatives differently. If that was the only lens you took, and if someone said, hey, a business is an organization that creates profit without you. If you said that, if you did that, if that was the filter for you, if that was the definition you had to live by for your business, you would run your business differently, guaranteed. And it's actually not a good thing or a bad thing. It is the definition. We frame our lives around how we define things, the Socratic method. 
So I wrote down my definition for a few things, because if, I, if I'm struggling with some clarity around something, if I'm struggling with the ability to do something around it, I generally think about, I don't need to build a plan. I need to redefine my frame around it. So I wrote down the definition for three things. Number one, content. Number two, financial freedom. And number three, passive income. Let me tell you exactly what they are. So first, content. What is content? I asked myself this question, what is content? So to me, it is organizing your thoughts and experiences for the benefit of others. That was now, whether you like that definition or not is irrelevant. It's my definition. I like it. Now, when I'm creating content, I ask myself, am I organizing my thoughts and my experiences for the benefit of others? Right now, I'm creating content. I'm taking my thoughts and my experiences of these amazing insights and I'm packaging them up so that I can give them to you. Now, could I do a better job with this? 100%. But is this content in my definition? Yes. I'm organizing my thoughts and my experiences for the benefit of others. Second, financial freedom. Oh, these words get thrown around so much and it just bothers me. And people literally, can't, and I ask people when I say, oh, I just want to be financially free when I'm X age, or I'm just working really hard in three jobs to be financially free. And I ask people like, what is financial freedom? Money coaches, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray at Wealth Without Wall Street uh, gave me this definition, which I utilize every day in my life right now, which is financial freedom is where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. Think about that for a second. Financial freedom is where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. So let's say I was able to generate, let's say my monthly expenses were $10,000 a month. And let's say I was able to generate $12,000 a month in passive income, meaning I had leveraged income and I was not trading time for money. That's what passive income is. Passive income is just not trading time for money, right? So if I was getting $12,000 a month in passive income and my monthly expenses were $10,000 a month, I am financially free. I should stop doing everything that I'm doing because now it gives me a time to do so much more. So it's interesting because a lot of people think that accumulation of wealth is financial freedom. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to work really, really hard to build a company for 25 years. And then hopefully somebody will buy it in the end of 25 years. And if nobody does, or I hit a recession, oh crap, I'm going to have to keep doing this. Well, that's the accumulation strategy and that's okay. But just know that you're not going to ever be financially free because there's no definition around it. Passive income where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses is where you're totally financially free. Now, you may have this number where you say, hey, once I hit X net worth, I'm financially free. But do you keep changing that net worth goal? Every one of us does. Most of the highest achievers that I know, what they do is like, oh, I want to make $100,000 this year. I want to make $200,000 this year. And they say, oh, I made $200,000 last year. I want to make $400,000 this year. I want $400,000 last year. I'm at $4 million this year. They keep upping their goal. I like it. But does that mean that they're financially free or not? That's why we have to have the definition. And the definition is when your passive income, where, you don't, where you're not trading time for money, is greater than your monthly expenses then you're technically financially free. So you got to define it. Here's my third definition. Well, so what is passive income? We talked about passive income as where you're not trading time for money, right? It's leveraged income. But how do you get it? And I've been thinking a lot about this, and this is my version, my definition of it, no one else's. I call passive income pre-funded income. If we are not waiting every single day to pre-fund our future income, pre-fund our current income, what are we doing? Pre-funded income. You can either fund passive income with effort, or you can fund it with assets and resources. So for example, if I was funding it with effort, I would be working, maybe I find a real estate deal, and maybe I put it together with other people's money. I spend all the time doing this. I don't get paid for it, but once the deal gets done, it goes a year, the deal gets stabilized, and then what? Then I start getting $4,000 a month? That's amazing, because I pre-funded it with effort and not any other tangible resources. Passive income is either pre-funded income, you can either fund pre-fund it with effort, or you can pre-fund it with resources like assets, like, like money. 
I could go invest in a uh, invest in a multifamily project with Arc Multifamily Group right now, and I could get a eight and a half to nine percent return current that's coming to me, and double my money on the back end, and I'm getting the passive income. But I'm pre-funding it. I'm writing the check for it right now, and then I'm getting the benefits of writing the check. Some of us are in the seasonality of our lives where we can write a check. And some of us are in the seasonality of our lives where we have to do some sweat equity. But either way, if we're not thinking about it from the perspective of pre-funded income, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to trade time for money, I'm going to trade time for money, I'm going to trade time for money. If you keep doing that, then you're never able to actually get passive income because when the music stops, you're going to continue to have to trade time for money and you don't have another choice. That's why passive income is elusive to a lot of people, not because they don't know how to get it, because they don't define it right. Passive income to me is pre-funded income. So I'll give you that all those one more time. I wrote three big definitions. The first one actually was uh, insight number two, which was a business is an organization that creates profits without yield. Content to me is organizing your thoughts and experiences for the benefit of others. Financial freedom, as Russ Morgan and Joey Muria would say, is where passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. But what is passive income? Passive income to me is pre-funded income. And you can either pre-fund it with effort or pre-fund it with assets and resources. But you got to pre-fund your income. Otherwise, you will always be working and always be trading time for money. And when the music stops, that's not a fun day. That is insight number nine. Define the things that are most important to you. So I can't, give you, I can't leave you with nine things, so I have to give you something that's uh, number 10. Uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. And uh, I believe that this is the reason that most people get stuck in their lives. They get stuck they get, when they feel like they're backed into a corner. They get stuck when they feel like they have no choices. They get stuck when they feel like they don't know what to do next. They get stuck when they feel like the only... Uh, the only option that they have is to do the one thing that they don't want to do. Maybe it is to quit their job. Maybe it is to move somewhere else. Maybe it's to stay in that job. Maybe it's to partner with somebody they don't want to partner with. Maybe it's to be in a relationship with somebody that they don't want to be in a relationship with. And maybe it's to live in a place that you don't want to live. Maybe it's to you know uh, buy a phone that you don't want to buy. It doesn't matter what it is. If you ever feel backed into a corner, which I'll tell you most of us feel, that's where the highest level of stress comes and we start doing dumb things. So I want to give you this quote, insight number 10 is when you don't know your options, you don't have any. Let that memorize this. Let that ring true to you. When you don't know your options, you don't have any. That's why you want to ask the question. Like Just like when we talked about insight number three, the fastest way to complete a project is to drop it. A lot of times we pick up a project and we say, well, should I continue doing this? We don't ask the question. We just ask, how do we finish this? But the option is there to drop it. The option is there to get help. The option is there to pay someone else to do it. The option is there to do it yourself. The option is there to pull an all-nighter. The option is there to change the scope. The option is there to delay the deliverable. The option is there to combine it with another project. The option is there to say that today is not the day. When you don't know your options, you don't have any. Whenever you feel like, whenever you feel stuck, whenever you feel cornered, whenever you feel like your back, back is against the wall, ask yourself this one question. What other options do I have? Because when you don't know your options, you don't have any. All right, that was lesson number or insight number 10. I'm going to give you these 10 profitable ultra profitable insights really quickly back to you. Let me recap them for you because I hope this will help you. So let me go really fast and um, let's see which one stood out for you. So think about the, which one stood out for you because I'm going to ask you about something in a second. The 10 ultra profitable insights. Number one, what's the difference between amateurs and professionals? Training. Number two, a business is an organization that creates profit without you. Number three, the fastest way to complete a project is to drop it. Number four, Accountability is what causes a team to outperform. Number five, you can get information from somebody, but that person does not have to report to you. Information from, but reports to. Doesn't have to be the same. Number six, borrow confidence at 0% interest. Find places where you can borrow from and find places where you can give to so that you stay in karmic balance. 
borrow confidence at 0% interest. Number seven, procrastination may just be the arrogant assumption that the world owes you another opportunity to do what you already had time to do. That's number seven. Number eight, focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. Number nine, define the things that are most meaningful to you. Content, organizing your thoughts and experiences for the benefit of others. Financial freedom, where passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. What is passive income? Pre-funded income. You can either fund it with assets or fund it with effort. And last but not least, profitable insight number 10. When you don't know your options, you just don't have any. Uh, I hope this was helpful to you. Here's what I would really appreciate. If I wanted to take these and share it back with you, I hope that one of these are a fun nugget for you. Feel free to use these and quote these and do whatever you'd like that are beneficial to you. But I don't, uh, I want to make sure that this was helpful and enjoyable. So if you could do me a favor, if you can take a screenshot of this episode and tag me, maybe with the quote or the thing that you liked, I'll know that that resonated with you. So it'll give me a chance to understand that's what you liked and I can make more like that for you. Because when I make content, especially on uh, a podcast content, organizing your thoughts and experiences for the benefit of others while I'm doing this for you, a a little bit of feedback would be very, very helpful. So if you can give that to me, I would really, really appreciate it. So before I go, I want to tell you this one thing, no matter how you slice it, greatness is a choice. I thank you for choosing to be on this journey with me and I will catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. Since you like this podcast, I actually have an ultra super secret private podcast that I make just for my partner companies and the CEOs and influencers that I advise. It's called 10K Wisdom because I try to wrap $10,000 worth of value in every single episode in just under 10 minutes. That's why it's called 10K Wisdom. It's raw, it's real, it's got no intro or outro or anything like that. It's just straight to the point and to the insights. Since you like this podcast, I think you will like that. So for the first time, I'm making it available to you. Just go to 10kwisdom.com, the number 10kwisdom.com, and my team will activate it for you as my gift. Go to 10kwisdom.com. I'll see you there.